Look at this, folks. We're just doing a little fun introduction into today's episode. Christian and I are super excited. We get to talk with Paul Yoder from the Author's Dozen podcast once again to talk about Christmas movies. And so Christian and I wanted to jump in with just a little fun intro and talk about our own relationships to Christmas movies. So Christian, what is your relationship to Christmas movies? I'm sorry. I've never seen It's a Wonderful Life. Neither have I. It's okay. We're, we're, both, okay. we're both on even, even ground here. <laughs> so if you've never seen it's a wonderful life (laughs) like myself what did you watch growing up you know did your family watch christmas movies together are you enjoying them now later in life what where where you at i mean my mom loves to now watch the hallmark movies although growing up okay growing up i did see uh the santa claus so i i think that might have been my first introduction to these kinds of christmas movies i don't know also Disney Channel original movies that centered on Christmas. There were quite a few. Gotta love a good decom. Um, the 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 Good Luck Charlie one. Good. <laughs> That's good content right there. <laughs> oh man. I I don't know, and and I mean we talk about this more with Paul, but I would say that my introduction to liking Christmas movies was in animated format things like the uh, i mean even taking it back to the stop motion uh, the miser brothers oh or... yes that song gets stuck in my head usually uh, around this season and it just kind of lingers there <laughs> i can relate yeah the the rudolph special the um frosty the snowman special perhaps no but where's where's the the the, the other reindeer one where the the guy treks to the North Pole because he, he listens to the radio and thinks that Santa called on him to go and be the other reindeer. I don't know about that one. Olive the other reindeer. <laughs> oh it my gosh. Olive the other reindeer. I remember now. It it, it was that kind of stop motion and um, the the and not necessarily stop motion but also the kind of the South Park animated stop motion like cut paper type that I got used to and then began to love the regular 2010s and 2000s animated Christmas films. That's where my heart of Christmas lies. I don't know what yours is or where I love you it. come from. Yeah, I, I, my family was always pretty big on Christmas. Uh, we would joke with my dad that he doesn't like Christmas because dad doesn't like to spend money, you know, and, and so we would joke with him about that. But we we typically enjoyed Christmas, and it, there was a lot of family movies that we watched, and some of them were, you know, were like the Rankin-Bass specials, the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Santa Claus is Coming to Town, Frosty the Snowman, you know, some of these classic specials that a lot of people watched growing up. But I feel like we don't have a ton of... Uh, necessary must watches every year we watch elf every year without fail that's a that's a pretty big family classic uh i watched the santa claus movies growing up uh just like you did it seems pretty sure i watched the second and the third one without watching the first one (laughs) i circled back at some point but christmas just kind of it it you know it it makes me just want to watch movies and be with the family in general i i weirdly associate the star wars movies with christmas because is that's Star just Wars holiday special. I have not seen it, unfortunately. It's a big black mark on my yeah, Star Wars most fandom. <laughs> I know, but I, uh, you know, my mom got me a box set of the movies uh, a few years ago, and we just had fun watching them. Um, and so I sort of associate Star Wars with Christmas too. You know, sort of these Hollywood classics have a place in my heart for for the Christmas season as well, because it, you know, it's a warm and fuzzy, nostalgic time. Um, and we we unpack that with Paul. He has, uh, you know, he is he's a very good thinker. I think uh, he hasn't heard me say this, so you know, throwing him some praise here. But he has uh, some really engaging ways of thinking about Christmas movies that stay lighthearted, but also aren't afraid to like, you know, get under the surface a little bit. So I'm looking forward to those of you listening to get a chance to hear that. I don't. Okay, did you ever do this? So for me, every year. It would be the, I mean, it's called Freeform now, but it was ABC Family, and it was the countdown to the 25 yeah, days of Christmas. Yeah, that's right. And then the 25 days of Christmas where they would show one or two Christmas movies every single day. Right. We we never really tuned into that, but I always remember the commercials. The commercials were amazing. Okay, I, I want to settle, settle this because this got brought up when we had our uh, Halloween movie horror special with Matt and Emily is nightmare before christmas a halloween movie or a christmas movie well why not both you know first things first (laughs) yes yes but when you watched it did you or what would you associate it more with 
So the only time I watched it, it was with a rowdy group of people, and I feel like we barely paid attention to it. Like, I didn't hear all the details. <laughs> and uh, shout out to my real nerds out there. I have a stronger connection to The Nightmare Before Christmas because of Kingdom Hearts than I do with the movie itself. Oh, God so... bless Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> uh, I would probably associate it with Christmas because it's about Jack Skellington wanting to become Sandy Claus, but... That's, I guess that's my take. What are are your thoughts? I would say Halloween simply because it's creepy. Like, not that it's a creepy movie, but it's, you know, creepy animation. So I think that because of that and because it starts on a Halloween, I kind of associate it more with the Halloween vibe. Sure, I get you. It's just hard to imagine watching anything in which Santa appears around Halloween, but... You know, there's there's weird Santa movies out there. Maybe maybe there's a, there's a space for Santa at Halloween. There's not a space for Santa in Halloween. Uh, well, I don't know about that. <laughs> we'll revisit that in October of 2021. <laughs> must must recommend a streaming movie that is about Santa during Halloween. Nightmare Before Christmas doesn't even work there because Santa comes in after Halloween. Whatever, we'll figure it out next year, Christian. <laughs> Any last thoughts on Christmas movies before we uh, switch gears to the full introduction of the show in our in our uh, discussion with Paul? Uh, is uh, and, and you kind of mentioned this with Star Wars, but I I remember like I'm a, have a weird association of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with New Year's because I watched it I think on New Year's Day. So do you have any other movies that? You you remember watching around Christmas time? They kind of associate with the holidays, or is it just Star Wars? It it may just be Star Wars, um, but you know some other like family classics always stand out to me. Where my family is probably the biggest fans out there of the movie Robots, uh, which is has literally <laughs> nothing to do with Christmas, but it's just a Lens family classic, and that is a very underrated uh, animated movie from the mid 2000s which stars ewan mcgregor when he was uh playing obi-wan kenobi same era so hey maybe there's a weird star wars connection there i don't think i have one i think that i have more so tv shows but it's i mean i i this will should come as no surprise to you i associate my birthday with birdman because i'll rent it on prime and watch it twice. <laughs> you do you so, do that for your birthday? I did this year, and I'm planning on doing it next year. Cause what a guy! I mean, yeah, I I can't think of any other movie to watch on my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's a weird movie to watch twice in one sitting, but I mean, I know you deeply oh. love that movie, so <laughs> I watched it once on my birthday, and once like a couple days later. Yeah, it wasn't twice on. Yeah, yeah. No, that's yeah. I'm normal. (laughs) The only thing I would add to this conversation is uh, in terms of New Year's movies, the movie that I saw on New Year's Day of this year was Little Women, which ended up being my favorite movie of 2020. So fingers crossed that I can have more good luck uh, New Year's Day of this year. Uh, Looking forward of next year. Yeah, that was me with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which ended up being my favorite movie. Something about New Year's. (laughs) Something about New Year's. We can unpack that that, uh, for next year's new, new slate of shows. But otherwise, otherwise, I won't ramble on anymore. Now, everyone, tune in to hear our full conversation with the one, the only, Paul Yoder. Hey there, everybody, and welcome to the Cinema Drip Podcast, the podcast where we need movies like we need our coffee. As always, I am Scott Lentz here with my good friend and co-host, Christian Ubius. But we are once again joined by none other than Paul Yoder of the Author's Dozen Podcast. Paul, how's it going? I'm the Scrooge himself. Uh, I am I am I'm doing so wonderfully. Um, coming to you from uh, sunny Los Angeles, uh, where most of your favorite um, uh, Christmas time stories take place, for sure. Yes. Ah, yes. The nice snowy backdrops that Los Angeles provides, at least when you make them on a back lot somewhere. Uh, Paul, it's good to check in with you again. I appreciate uh, you approaching the topic we have today with aplomb. When I originally texted you about it, uh, I was, in a way, surprised at how excited you were about Christmas movies because we just have never talked Christmas movies before. So uh, if you can, just sort of in brief, you know, what's your relationship to, to Christmas and then Christmas movies? Okay, yeah. So Scott um, approached me with this, and I was psyched, to say the least. I uh, There are a number of Christmas movie genres, uh, but they can all be enjoyed, ironically or otherwise. Um, the 
even the bad Christmas movies are at least socially interesting. Um, and so I, I love to get into that sort of stuff. And I've got an inside scoop. I, I've, I've uh, worked on a, a Hallmark uh, Christmas movie that's known the world around. So um, I, will, I would love uh, to get into the psyche of what goes on behind the Christmas movie scenes. And we will we will dangle that like a, a juicy carrot on the end of a stick here as we uh, we hope to have a really fun and enjoyable Christmas movie conversation here. Uh, but first, because this is technically a streaming recommendations episode, uh, Christian and I did have a, have a chance to pick out a couple animated Christmas movies that we wanted to shout out here on the show as sort of our official recommendations for the month. So... Uh, Christian, yours is in a way less Christmassy than mine. So, do you want me to kick it off, or, or do you want to do you want to start? What What are you feeling? Well, I chose one that wasn't streaming where where you could access it. <laughs> this is true. And then I chose another one which is more of a holiday movie in the sense that all of the holidays are represented. <laughs> So, uh, mine's less Christmassy than yours, the one that I told you to watch. Let's start with mine, then. Love it. So, okay, okay. So, we're talking Rise of the Guardians. Now, uh, Paul, have you been able to see the wonderful Rise of the Guardians? I, I have not seen the full uh, idea, but I have uh, I have heard things, and I have uh, gotten to witness the glory of Alec Baldwin's uh, accent. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Rise of the Guardians is a twenty. 20- 12 uh, 3D movie DreamWorks Paramount thing that oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a movie it's decidedly a film <laughs> no it, it 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 is but it's it's kind of like a conglomeration of things it it's the weird story of Jack Frost played by Chris Pine who is asked to join a society of guardians led by the Sandman, Santa. Who else do we have? Oh, the, the Easter, Easter Bunny, Bunny and the Tooth, the fairy, tooth fairy. As they fight against the forces of uh, <laughs> Pitch Black, <laughs> who wants to rule the world with nightmares. It's incredible, <laughs> and it it's it's weird. It, it reads like uh it reads almost like a diehard action flick at times yes uh rise of the guardians is definitely more on the action fantasy side of things than in like the the silly christmas comedy uh or like the heartwarming drama <laughs> so if you like a little uh a little more action than your animated flick or in your in your uh holiday times then rise of the guardians might scratch that itch for you but let's go let's go with let's go with you scott what did you think about this pick let me tell you, Christian. Um, I saw that it was directed by Peter Ramsey. It was his like feature directorial debut, and he did Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. He was one of the directors there, and so I was pretty excited to check out another movie that he did. And obviously, a, a lovable cast here. Chris Pine, Alec Baldwin, Jude Law, Isla Fisher, Hugh Jackman, all people that I enjoy. Um, and so I definitely came out positively on Rise of the Guardians, but <laughs> not like massive, humongous gigantic heart for it <laughs> um, but i definitely there it has its charms uh if you like as paul alluded to russian santa claus then let me tell you alec baldwin <laughs> knocks it out of the park as well as australian easter bunny hugh jackman is not uh not hiding the accent there so uh yeah <laughs> it's just like a fever dream of a movie at times um and for those some of those weird aspects it's just i was just totally on board uh for some of the other things like why ruggedly ruggedly 30 something chris pine is playing like the, the supposedly teenage forever jack frost still escapes me but you know it's it's i have mostly nitpicky critiques <laughs> like it's a pretty fun harmless movie otherwise the more you talk about this movie the higher my shoulders shrug like <laughs> what? <laughs> uh and uh, see the best part is uh christian and i uh a, we talked about a movie on this podcast a few months ago called rabbit david lincia bears yes rabbit hole <laughs> called rabbit hole which is a stirring family drama about uh tragedy and loss and the same screenwriter <laughs> is here for rise of the guardians what? 
David Lindsay Abair, uh, he he is a man of of many talents, uh, who is able to to draw from many wells of inspiration. And so, yeah, he like doesn't want to be pinned down to one thing. No, he has had a very intriguing uh, Hollywood career. Because he also did um, the Man from Oz. No, no, not the Man from the the the, the weird Oz movie that had uh, James Franco. Franco. Yeah, yeah. So. You know, good for him. Good for him. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, actually, about the movie, like I said, it it, it is pretty harmless fun for most of the time. Uh, and you can tell that the the voice cast. I mean, Alec Baldwin affecting a Russian accent for Santa Claus is absurd. But like, they're they're totally game for it. They're having a good time, and it's a really intriguing premise because you picked it for this Christmas recommendations because Santa is one of the main characters, and so is Jack Frost. But it also incorporates the Easter Bunny and the Tooth Fairy. These like iconic childhood figures and it's actually set you know it's at first a few days before easter and then it goes slightly past easter so it's like in the spring but still sort of gives (laughs) you those christmasy vibes if you're if you're looking for some unusual santa claus action here i was just gonna ask uh so it's springtime when jack frost's uh powers are at their greatest during the spring (laughs) yes he my uh, my shoulders if i may go on uh near the uh near the middle of act one he actually uh, like brings on a snow day for a bunch of kids and he um helps them have fun on sleds and and stuff he's very mischievous so he's he causes he causes pg-rated mayhem and uh yes uh, a, a very key plot point of this movie is if children believe in the guardian then they can see the guardian but if they don't believe in the Guardian, they can't see them. So Jack is very sad because he spent a few hundred years uh, invisibly causing winter mayhem. <laughs> and he's on a quest to be believed in. <laughs> this movie's a trip, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, no, it's, and we can move on from this film because I want to talk about yours and just about Christmas <laughs> films in general. But I think that there is, there's a simplicity in just the major theme of wanting someone to believe in you and having that aspect of belief being the most potent driving force between whatever it is that you're doing. And for the holiday seasons, you know, time of inspiration and hope. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I like having that when you place your hope in someone, that is the first step to seeing what else can arise. So I, I, I recommend it. I recommend it, Rise of the Guardians. Christian, I thank you for recommending it, and I thank you for drawing an actual nice piece of thought there for after I just ranted about your recommendation and how strange it is for for a long period. Listen, I'm I'm all for I'm all for strangeness. That's why I'm on this podcast. So <laughs> we appreciate I mean, you it. joined us for Studio Ghibli. I don't really <laughs> see any films that have matched that level yet. I would love to see his take on Christmas. Just oh my gosh, that, Miyazaki's that be, take on Christmas. That would be very <laughs> yeah, fun. Yeah, apparently uh, in Japan you get KFC for Christmas. That's just what you do. Really. Oh, by the way, uh, last thing I'll say about Rise of the Guardians: uh, the music was done by Alexandre Desplat. Who I, I might I forget if that's how you pronounce his last name or not. I might have just made a fool of myself. But his Wes music, Anderson composer. Yes, his music is like unbelievably good, at pretty much at all times. So this is weirdly, even though it's like a strange animated movie for children, it also has an incredible score. So for score nerds out there, Rise of the Guardians. <laughs> All right, so, Scott, sir, what is yours? Oh, mine? Mine is a good one. I'm actually very excited about this. I, I watched it in hopes that I might be able to recommend it on the show. That's typically my strategy. I try to watch something new to see if I can continue to explore these topics and share it with the, the folks listening. And boy, do I have a good one for you. So, my Christmas recommendation for this year is last year's um, Academy Award nominee in terms of uh, Best Animated Feature, Klaus. Netflix original, directed by Sergio Pablos in his uh, directorial debut there as well. Uh, it stars Jason Schwartzman, J.K. Simmons, Rashida Jones there in the sort of the leading voice roles. There's some other fun people popping up in the voice cast. And it's sort of a retelling of, uh, I guess, the origin of Santa Claus. <laughs> so in a, in a day and age where we are very uh, over origin stories of many kinds, this is a, a fresh kind of origin. Uh, but it sets the story of Santa Claus in a fictional pseudo-european uh 
you know, 19th century setting of some kind where uh, Jason Schwartzman voices Jesper Johansson, who is the lazy, spoiled son uh, of the postmaster general who gets tasked with bringing the mail to this like <laughs> far north um, town called Smearensburg that has been engaged in a centuries long civil war with uh, with <laughs> the two families of the town. So I guess uh, I'm keeping the weird trend going here. Uh, but of course, Santa, or, or at least the Santa figure, gets introduced along the way. So I, like I said, watched this for the first time and honestly was just blown away by how much I loved it. Um, I was definitely a big fan of Klaus and I'd be happy to talk about it more. But after I just usurped the time for your movie, Christian, I would definitely love to turn it over to you. And Paul, if you've seen this one, would definitely love your thoughts on it as well. Let's start with you, Paul. Have you been able to watch Klaus? All I saw actually uh, was the uh, explanation of like uh, how they moved forward on uh, animation, which is why you know it got uh, Academy uh, buzz. But um, basically, the unique uh, blend of three D and two D um, textures onto one another, um, using uh, lighting to create a three D effect on two uh, D animation was really interesting and i love any movie that moves forward with that sort of thing so yeah so i mean it it's a beautiful looking movie and uh, i i watched it recently i watched it because you recommended it scott it's i have to say it's so delightfully simple and uh, i didn't know where it was heading in the beginning because this isn't the first santa claus origin story that has been made but normally, from the beginning, you're like, oh, okay, cool, so this guy becomes Santa or whatever. But to to focus it on the aspect of delivering mail <laughs> and uh, a far northern town where there are two warring individuals and how presence and children's happiness is what brought peace to the village. <laughs> I had no clue <laughs> what was going on for such a long time like oh okay happy ending <laughs> i'm it's it was so wonderfully nice and uh, um again to use another word that we we love here musically manipulative man when the music goes on it wants you to feel stuff indeed it does yes but also the the i think that the special emphasis it has on the children Especially that one girl whom no one can understand, who, like, lives in a tribe nearby to the village. There's a child aspect wonder of this movie. And even though none of the main characters are children themselves, this uh, idea that as much as we say uh, it's adults lead by example... The message here was that children can also positively impact the environment that they're in. You just need to give them the opportunity to. So as a view of that theme, big fan, honestly, it, it was just nice. It was just nice. Like, yeah, you know, I'll put this on. I'll put this on after a long, hard day and just curl up in bed while watching it. And cry some sweet, sweet tears. Or I guess those those are salty, but... Yeah, it's it's simple in a way in that it's very classical and it, honestly it, it sort of catches this nostalgic feeling I didn't even know I had for the animated movies that I watched as a kid. Like Paul was saying, it's gorgeously animated using this complex combination of 2D and 3D, but it gives it a 2D feel. It's considered a 2D animated movie. Um and so it just looks so much different than than all the other animated movies that are coming out these days which are mostly 3d and cgi and things like that and so the the look and the feel of the movie are very classical and it's the kind of movie that i felt like i could watch it even though yeah you know i watched it a few days ago i feel like i could throw it on um later on this month closer to christmas and enjoy it uh just as much i would I, like just a very very good movie let alone you know being connected to santa and christmas um I, I, I do want to mention, I agree with you on the music uh, done here by Alfonso Gonzalez Aguilar. Um, very beautiful. And one of my actual nitpicks of this movie, Christian, I'd love to know your thoughts on this, but the one like recent animated movie trend that it gives into is occasionally it'll play like pop songs. Oh, I hated that. I hated that. <laughs> that was 
that was uh yeah that was unfortunate because it had this whole classical nostalgic sensibility to it and then it would bring in these like pop songs or like there's one scene where they try to be funny by playing a rap song and something and i'm just like oh gosh (laughs) you're intruding on my little my little utopia here why would you do this to me uh, so that's one nitpicky thing I wanted to say about this. I'm glad that you felt the same. I guess before we, you know, drone on too long unnecessarily, so we can get into uh, the 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 uh, carrot that we dangled at the beginning with uh, with Paul's Christmas movie experience. I like you said, Christian. Too, some of these lessons here are also delivered very very sweetly, and they play with the Santa origin story. Like, how does Santa get a naughty nice list? Why does Santa deliver presents? How come Christmas isn't just about kids? like faking being good for a while and and you know what happens to bad kids why do they get cold and they they have fun twists on so many of those different santa related ideas that i honestly wish that they would have spent more time with them and less time with the sort of civil war plot line between the the rival families in smearinsburg that was just way less interesting um but like those are like those those are such small nitpicky complaints because i really did genuinely love this movie and cried a couple times as it went on I, i was a big fan this is like when you tried to tear apart Zootopia. What? Shame on you. <laughs> I didn't tear apart Zootopia. I just pointed out some problematic elements and Judy Hopps policing. That's all. That's all I said. Zootopia <laughs> is a wonderful film. <laughs> Klaus is available to stream on Amazon. Christian, uh, we didn't. We forgot to mention this. Where is Rise of the Guardians streaming these days? I said it's Amazon. Klaus is on Klaus Netflix. Klaus is not available on, to stream Scott. on Amazon. <laughs> Come on, Klaus is a Netflix film. It's on Netflix. I'm sorry, Reed Hastings, if you're listening. I'm sorry. But where is Rise of the Guardians streaming? Rise of the Guardians is available to stream currently on HBO Max. Alrighty, Paul. The people have waited long enough. Tell us. Dive deep into your recommendation. (sighs) All right. So um, early on in my uh, being out in L.A., um, I had about a month of work. Um, off of a little uh, Hallmark joint called a Holiday Road Trip. Um, it is cast uh, with exclusively uh, people who played either bit parts or um, larger roles uh, back in the 60s, 70s, 80s. Um, it is uh, the, the storyline involves uh, the star of the show, um, Scoot. Uh, Scoot is a dog uh, who appeared in uh, The Artist, um, if you remember that movie. What? what What a movie dog. What a movie dog. Yep, yep. So he was a little black and white dog, but now he's in color. And their, their job is to get him all the way from New York to L.A. And uh, for some reason. And they have to make it in time. And oh boy, do they come across some crazy characters across the united states fortunately uh for them uh they shot about 90 percent of it in la um as you do and uh sent a group out to uh drive across the united states in an rv and film the rv pulling up to various uh locales so it was (laughs) really really fantastic um the there is uh there's like a jail with like drywall as like some of the walls there is uh yeah just a number of like budget issues and the reason i wanted to talk about hallmark movies is uh that and abc family movies are the specific kind of genre where for some reason people just need 50 new movies each year of uh christmas movies to like throw up on their station these movies are not meant to be seen unless you have like a um uh an old tube tv um and uh you know you're you're watching it on like a a staticky uh channel they are not meant to be quality uh they seem to be just meant to uh tack the word christmas onto any given other genre you find a script that is like a road trip movie and uh bam put christmas on it and uh, so I worked in the art department, um, was fortunate enough to uh, transport a two different Christmas trees into the background of every single scene. Um, and uh, it is a, yeah, I don't know, shot the thing in a month. It was wonderful. So, um, yeah, the uh, there is... I don't know. And that's that it sort of gets into like why holiday movies are so entertaining for me 
is just the fact of the phenomenon of Christmas. Like it's made up, but we treat it as like this religious experience um, where the plot of most of these movies is like about belief and faith in uh, this holiday. And like uh, the, the one time of year that like makes us think the humanity is like worth a darn. And it is a, it is this strange, like, there's no reason for Christmas to, to be a religious experience. It's just the backdrop against which you can like, I don't know, you can talk about like family or, uh, you know, nostalgia or whatever. So I don't know. I, it's a, it's a, you will always get something out of it because when, since it's America's like uh, religious experience, uh, a secular religious experience, um, it really shows us like what we value as a society. And mostly it's like, oh, falling in love or family or just having uh, not going to dad, you're, you're spending too much time at work. Come to Christmas. Uh. So, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. So that's all I got to say about that. Thank you. And where can we stream your film? It is, in fact, uh, included on Prime Video, if believe it or not. Uh, so if you <laughs> if you have the yeah, if you want to um, actually uh, within the Cinema Drip uh, podcast universe, uh, it does include um, the guy who played uh, Sunshine in uh, Remember the Titans. Um, he plays he plays a scumbag. He plays a scumbag boyfriend who's a lawyer and he's chasing them across the, the United States. Um, and I did send uh, Scott a clip earlier of uh, him just like barbecue. What kind of hick uh, backwoods redneck village is this? And it's just walks it's just into a place that is called the rib ranch and requests a latte. Like, come <laughs> on, man. Uh, <laughs> and then like, the, uh, I have culture. <laughs> the guy behind the counter is like, this is barbecue or a BBQ joint. We have the best BBQ this side of the WV or whatever. And he yeah, goes on about like, how these abbreviations are so foreign to him as city slicker. <laughs> I was I was actively laughing out loud. And I was just grateful that uh, my coworker who I was on a uh, a call with was actually away from the screen for a moment <laughs> because I was laughing out loud. And if I had to explain why I would have had to go into detail about holiday road trip. Yeah, no. And I, and that's, that's the thing is like all of these things are like clothed in a layer of irony um, because, you know, past a certain point, like Christmas is not like magical anymore um, until you're like a boomer in your eighties. It's like, Hey, this is it's a nice time of year it's great i i don't like especially need to like uh hear the polar express bell or whatever um so yeah it's it's weird so on, off the heels of uh holiday road trip and paul's thoughts on christmas movies especially of this tier uh because there really is just a dearth of this level of christmas movie and i know that it's not being made for me it's being made for like people who care less about high quality movies they just like movies and they love christmas and they want something to throw on that feels new during the holiday season and i will not begrudge anybody that desire but i yeah dirt dearth means lacking um <laughs> it, that is what it means what was i thinking what d word was i thinking that means too many like a dirge no that a funeral like a, funeral a, dirge a, uh no um uh let's see here hmm. <sighs> well plethora a plethora is probably better i i don't know what i was thinking. a darn lot a darn lot that's the one so regardless of my lack of command over the english language christian i did want to ask you do you have a relationship to this like d tier christmas movie because i have recently uh started watching some of them because netflix also has a vested interest in putting out movies like this and there are a few that have come out over the recent years that are truly heinous and i would love to discuss them if uh, we've all seen them but <laughs> do you have a relationship to these movies christian you have told me some of these movies that you've seen and i have not seen those movies so so let let, let me start off with that but there's there's a formula 
it it it's called the the hallmark formula and let me um kind of go into the oh i don't know if i'll find it there's generally i'm gonna run down what the formula is i i think i have a meme about it you normally have the woman who says that she's this big hotshot executive there's like the dad who's like we need you to come help us build snowmen for the christmas time um you have her black friend who's like you need a man um, she realizes that she's going to visit because she had a dream or some out-of-body experience. She goes there. She finds a guy who's making, like, two cents an hour, but he's really happy because he's ripped. Um, and he's like, hey, you should join me in making hot cider spiked with tequila for the rest of our lives. And she's like, I'm going to leave everything behind because this is what Christmas is about. And that's comforting. Like that's yeah. <laughs> usually like the, the, well, I, um, yeah, no, there's so I think I think one of the reasons why this genre is so popular is, you know, how it's going to end. Like, no matter what, you cannot like finish a Christmas movie on like a, you know, a a cynical or like horrifying note. Like, you're not going to find like Santa's head like under the, your covers or something like this will what? work out for the best. <laughs> the. So, so each, if you guys, if you get, can you even think of a Christmas movie that's not like a, oh, like a, 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 I don't know. Can you think of a Christmas movie that ends on like a really sour or cynical note? No, but can we make it? <laughs> can we combine our talents and put this movie on to film? Yes. Um, and, and that's, I mean, there's certainly a genre of like, you know, Oh, Christmas is like a, you know, it's this wonderful time of year. Well, let's like, let's really, uh, you know, cynically do it like bad Santa or like Seth Rogen or whatever is like, oh man, you thought Christmas was cool, was fun and nice. Well, guess what? We're going to say some cuss words. And it's like, uh, yeah, it's, it's this cultural shorthand we have for like pleasant niceness and you can play around with that in an interesting way so so we so we need david fincher's christmas movie oh yes we need paul thomas anderson's christmas yes that's yes of course no that's like the elf cult that's what paul thomas anderson's movie would be anyway keep going in terms of these uh, these uh, movies that are now being made more popularly by streaming services. Uh, there are a few that I have affection for uh, <laughs> that I watched with my family last Christmas. And they are, of course, that that hallowed Christmas trilogy, A Christmas Prince. And it's uh, and it's and it's sequels. Uh, Paul, I, I, Christian, I'm assuming you have not seen these movies. Paul, have you seen these movies? Is it the one with the baking uh, at the beginning and like she's a small business owner and she's working so hard? Uh, oh, Paul, <laughs> that is The Princess Switch starring Vanessa Hudgens. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Who's uh, but Paul, that's also every other Hallmark Christmas movie. Princess Switch uh, just received a sequel uh, this this year, which I look forward to watching with my wife or, or uh, some extended family. Uh, but no, A Christmas Prince... Um, Actually, now that I think about it, there may be a restaurant tour mixed in there somewhere. I think her dad owns a, a cafe or something. He's re- he's real down to earth. He's a real down to earth guy. <laughs> and his daughter, who's a journalist, goes off trying to get the inside scoop on this uh, this royal family from some made up country. <laughs> and naturally, uh, they fall in love. And then in the second movie, they get married. Uh, and then in the third movie, they have a baby. And I can only wait to see what other kind of adventures they will have in the future. But uh, I think, Paul, this is, you know, exactly the type of movie you're talking about where you know exactly how they're going to end. That everything is going to be sorted out and everybody is going to be all happy and fall in love with each other. And they just are such uh, like low budget train wrecks. They were filmed in Romania. Uh, because of course it's 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 cheaper <laughs> to film movies in Romania, the land of dreams, <laughs> and their their budget is like a constant nitpick because it's supposedly this royal family that's having like 
Halloween level balls, you know, <laughs> like people are in dresses bought probably from Nordstrom Rack and things like that. So uh, it's it's that kind of movie that they're just so trashy and so fun to watch, especially with other people, because you can all laugh together and be all snuggled up warmly in your blankets and PJs and drinking something warm and and laughing at the Christmas Prince movies. Uh, I am a fan of them. Watch them with the family last year. Wait, didn't you watch the other, what was it, like, The Christmas Night, where the guy from, like, the Middle Ages was... So, Christian, let me, uh, <laughs> let me, let me fill you in here. So, uh, Vanessa Hudgens, the talented actress that she is, makes The Princess Switch in 2018, in which she plays not one, but two characters. Uh, one, a, a normal, uh, hard-working Chicagoan who switches places with uh, the princess of another made-up country. And, of course, the princess falls in love with the Chicagoan's BFF, and the Chicagoan falls in love with uh, the prince. But uh, in, in, uh, while we were waiting for a Christmas or the Princess Switch Part 2, Vanessa Hudgens made a completely separate Netflix Christmas movie, and I am looking for it. I do not know where it is. Oh, no. I'm forgetting the title. Oh, there it is. The, it's, <laughs> uh, it's The Night Before Christmas. And, uh, yes, that is K-N-I-G-H-T. In which a medieval English knight is magically transported to the present day. And he ends up falling in love with Vanessa Hudgens' character. Uh, so this movie, again, is absolutely something else. Um, this is a movie where there's, like, Netflix product placement within the movie. <laughs> <laughs> like and it's the other christmas movies like they're looking at oh should we watch this a christmas prince like it's li that's literally a scene in the movie um and aside from the basic fact that if some medieval knight was actually transported to 2019 uh the us of a he would have all manner of uh mental breakdowns heart attack and heart, an aneurysm something he would he would and not diseases. yes <laughs> he would catch all the diseases and die or he would have a mental break trying to understand our society and of course in this movie he does not but it's again these are the kinds of movies that they are just so they're, they're not trashy uh they are just like a such low budget uh, fun or like I you always laugh and talk about how bad they are they're so bad but so fun to watch <laughs> uh, and so yes uh, that the, the night before Christmas is part of the Vanessa Hudgens Christmas cinematic universe uh, but it is not a direct sequel to the princess switch so don't want to mislead you there we've gotten to this point where we need something that makes us feel good and you know there's nothing wrong with these films you can throw them my mom watches them like 24 7 at this point she just puts on hallmark channel while she's cooking and i'm like cool this is the same plot over and over it's like a baking competition or they have like a groundhog day one where one person relives christmas each day until she gets it right there have been several different uh, Christmas Carol adaptations that keep getting remade. Uh, and no, I, I do think that you're, we're talking about different stages, though. Long gone are the days of It's a Wonderful Life with, well, I think James, was James Stewart the one in that one? Jimmy Stewart is in It's Jimmy. a Wonderful Life. Old Jimmy. I think Jimmy Stewart is one of the greatest actors who has ever lived. But outside of him, uh, what, long are the days of Miracle on 30, wait, 34th 4th. 34th <laughs> 34th street 34th street that were films considered to be nominated for like academy awards again not that the academy awards are that tier but that christmas films were thought of as hype art we still have our christmas classics we can get into the debate about whether or not die hard is or is not a christmas movie um one of my greatest regrets from Northwestern is that the guy who wrote Die Hard was my professor and we didn't ask him whether or not Die Hard was a Christmas movie but quick poll is Die Hard a Christmas movie yes or no I think I think saying that I mean is anything a Christmas movie yes you know like <laughs> if it has Christmas in it you know it's it's a Christmas movie or you could say like no Christmas has to be the only like defining aspect and it's like eh then no no, no but is Home Alone a Christmas movie yes Yes. I mean, Why is Home so... Alone a Christmas movie, though? Because they don't... It's not, like, about the meaning of Christmas. That Christmas is the backdrop to this guy going ape on these yeah. two burglars. Well, I mean, it's the same... I mean, it's the same plot with Die Hard, right? It's like he's going ape on the, the burglars of uh, death. And uh, the... <laughs> the um, 
and and what I what I think I'm getting at is that like, can you remove Christmas from the plot and it still be the same movie? And I don't think so. Like I think it's I think it's pretty like integral to I mean why he's going home. Like why is this the time of year that he needs to spend with his family and like try to reconnect and this is his last chance. And you know why is um. I don't know why is there this like big holiday gathering or something like it's a it's a cultural touchstone around which it exists and same thing with like Kevin McAllister like he is home alone why because of Christmas that's why and so the um yeah I think I think it's a I think it's fair to call like Christmas tangential films Christmas films if they are like if Christmas is integrated into the plot on on this subject, I watched Die Hard for the first time this weekend, so I would no kidding. I, I know, and I would agree that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. But I also watched a little action flick from the '90s called Batman Returns, and I'm not sure if you guys have seen Batman Returns. But I was I was in the middle of having this very long Christmas movie marathon. I watched Klaus. I watched Rise of the Guardians. I watched Die Hard. I was like, what else can I watch that's vaguely Christmas related, but not an explicit Christmas movie? And so I watched Batman Returns, which is the sequel uh, to Tim Burton's Batman with Michael Keaton. And it is a Batman movie that is set at Christmas time. And it is sort of Christmas in this movie is a, is a light dusting of Christmas on the top. Uh, it's not baked in to to the cupcake. It's not even put on as a sprinkle. It's just a light dusting. You know, you, you tap the, the the little thing, the strainer above it, and uh, it comes out. Uh, where this, you know, it's set at Christmas time. It's very winter wintry themed, uh, but it's not as a, like you know, like you're saying, Paul. You could probably take Christmas out of it and set it during any other holiday, and it would be mostly the same movie. So. If you want a movie that is even even less related to Christmas, like <laughs> Batman Returns on HBO Max. Well, and that's the thing is like the movie actually loses something for being during Christmas because like an election is going on and Penguin is going to be mayor. Well, they actually um, they're working to recall the mayor for a special election. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's like so there's so many like. All right, so I'm not going to tear apart Batman Returns for being, like, uh, inconsistent with reality. That's <laughs> not really what they were going for there. I, I want to I sh- shout out another poll, though, and, and because this is where I think Christmas, Christmas films being made for the purpose of being, like, strong, good stories with characters and complex, I think that those have shifted to animation. And I know that I made this argument before we started the show, but look, we recommended Klaus. We have um, Rise of the Guardian. Say what you will. I think it's pretty strong in some points as an action animated film. Um, we have My Beloved Arthur Christmas, which I'm, I, I'm, I mean, rethinking about it and rewatching it. It's so, it's such a beautiful tale of family. But uh, I mean, outside of that, I think that that is kind of the way that christmas films have gone i don't know if you all have any thoughts on those and i so yeah i i I would agree with you i think it's a um a reflection of the increased uh cynicism uh of like there there is a there's a divergence right so there's um there's the like uh goofy uh christmas comedy um which can remain uh live action because there's a level of irony there there's like a level of um uh you know oh we're not taking this like too seriously or whatever whereas like with animation like you can get the swelling music you can get the um extremely tight like cinematic lighting and stuff and you can get like little bits of magic like flying off the ends of your fingers like there is a a level of heightened reality that is sort of how christmas feels where when you see like a um when you see a movie like elf or whatever um there's a remove there because you know, it's a grown man like dressed in tights and some part of us knows that that's a little bit silly. And some parts of us knows that his like saying like, Oh, Christmas magic is a little bit silly. And yet like, that's, that's the comedy of that. And I think that in animation, you can sort of get away with that and have a heightened reality uh, without it being a little bit goofy. I feel like I haven't noticed any major trends partially because I'm not a Christmas movie fiend. Like I don't, you know, from the from the day after Thanksgiving until 
you know january 1st i'm not like devouring christmas movies but i feel like there are still a lot of live action ones and that's why i'm not sure if it's gone fully the way of animation partially because studios like netflix which you know for what everything that it is and netflix is also a studio is putting out all of these movies that i've mentioned on this show and for quality or lack thereof you know they are still making a mark on the culture and when a movie like a christmas prince comes out and becomes popular people start talking about it and it gets sequels you know and so um there's not as many mainstream big studio comedies like elf and anymore these days but i feel like there are still a good number of christmas movies coming out and i don't know if we've seen that shift fully into animation it, it, it still seems to be movies coming out on both ends like there was another grinch remake with benedict cumberbatch and an animated version um either last year or the year before so you know both are there but i'm not sure if it's if it's gone fully into the animated realm we'll see all right paul i want to thank you so much for joining us once more we can't wait to have you on the show again yay yeah quickly plug your podcast again all right well yeah um this being the christmas season this will be my last month of the author's dozen uh podcast project and i've been writing a book a month and december will be my last so um we're finishing up uh not with a christmas story um the uh however uh last month we did a uh, a narnia sequel um and uh for some reason santa claus exists in narnia so you might see him ho 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 <laughs> and do you have any any big plans for the new year paul uh for the new year i'm gonna sit and play cyberpunk and not write for uh for a good long time i'm gonna just yeah <laughs> All right, folks, uh, thank you so much for listening. Like we said, uh, you know, like we say every show, it means a lot that we have people out there who are kind and listen to our podcast here. So we hope you had some enjoyment here from this Christmas movie discussion. If you can, follow Christian and myself on Letterboxd where we rate and review the things that we watch. We'd love to engage with you, with you there. You can also feel free to drop us a line at cinemadrippodcast at gmail.com and we'd be happy to read your thoughts on the show. I noticed a couple more reviews on Apple Podcasts trickling in, so we thank you for that as well. And remember, Remember that every five-star rating you leave us and every review you write us helps us to reach new listeners. So as Christian and I continue on this this merry adventure of ours, uh, we are so grateful for your support. So thank you. Now, Christian, we have a big week coming up next week. We are wrapping up the year of Cinema Drip, the first year, and we're going to be doing some awards for the movies that we watched this year, and I'm excited to fight about them with you. Are you, Christian, excited to fight about them with me? Scott, this is just not going to go well. It's going to be a bloodbath. Yeah, this is not the first time he's used that specific noun to describe this upcoming episode. So maybe tune in for some for some intense arguments about if The Matrix is really a great movie or not. Hint, it is. Christian, any last words on Christmas movies for the folks listening at home? Y'all, if you have stars or two ninety nine, go watch Arthur Christmas. I can't recommend it enough. Do it. Do it for Christian, folks. And we hope you have a very wonderful holiday season watching Christmas movies or whatever kind of movies you're watching with your friends and family. Uh, As always, I'm Scott. He's Christian. And that guy over there is Paul. And we are so grateful for you listening. And this has been the Cinema Drip Podcast.